Welcome to Earth Matters, bringing you environment and social justice stories. Today's show, The Black-Throated Finch and Adani Contractors Under Pressure, was produced on the lands of the Bindal and Walguru Kaba in Townsville and on Uwibara country in Mackay, central Queensland, and was brought to you by Radio 3CR in Nam, Melbourne, Wurundjeri country, and broadcast nationally through the Community Radio Network. I'm Beck Horridge. Adani is bulldozing trees. Today we talk to Emma and Michael from the Mackay Conservation Group Queensland about the sad fate of the endangered black-throated finch that lives in the trees that Adani is bulldozing. We also visit Iplex Pipe Manufacturer in Townsville, where two women are locked on by the neck to the gates to persuade the company not to make pipes for Adani. On August 12, 2019, as I stepped into the cool of the Mackay Conservation Group office, hanging from the ceiling was a life-size model of a dugong. I spoke to Emma Barrett, community organiser for the Stop Adani campaign. It seems like most of our legal options for trying to stop the Adani mine are now over. Do you agree? Yeah, well, uh, Adani is actually going to be in court next Friday uh, over their failure to report their tree clearing to the Department of Environment and Science. And so uh, if convicted, and then they can actually possibly lose their suitable operator's licence. We're not sure if that's going to happen, but that's still on the cards as well. Yeah, so GHD is a multinational uh, engineering company. Uh, they have branches all over the world, including the Pacific Islands of the Pacific Island of Fiji, which is under threat from sea level rise. And yet they're also supporting uh, Adani and helping it to, uh, Adani to design its mine. And so the, you know, uh, all around the country we were asking, or we are asking GHD to rule out further work for Adani. And so last week we saw the week of action against GHD. Uh, here in Mackay, myself and uh, two other supporters went to the local GHD office with a letter and a box of chocolates, politely asking them to rule out further work. And we saw similar actions all around Australia. Um, GHD has still refused to publicly uh, state, uh, come out with a statement, um, publicly comment on their involvement with Adani. But we, on Friday afternoon, actually, um, we heard the news that the prominent charity Engineers Without Borders Australia has said that they have uh, stopped working with GHD because they want to use engineering to help people. They want to help global efforts to reduce climate change no, take action, take, no, take the fight up with climate action. And um, if GHG is supporting Adani, then it's obviously at odds with that position. So it just showed that, yeah, um, even though it might seem like, especially after the election, that Adani is going ahead, there are still so many things that, you know, standing in Adani's way. So, yeah, we, uh, we went for the banks. No one's really funding. No, no one's come out and funded Adani. Adani has to rely on its own resources. We have had many insurance companies say that they won't and are not insuring Adani. And now we're you know, seeing contractors come out and say, well, we, yeah, um, we're really seeing the pressure on contractors to stop work with Adani too. So it's not over yet. So Adani was... Uh, there was drone footage um, produced by Coast and Country of them doing illegally clearing works, works that they weren't uh, approved to do in their current permits. And so they weren't, they're not going to court on next Friday over 
the works, they're going to court about not declaring the works. So they've technically undertaken these works that they weren't allowed to do and they're not getting punished for that, they're getting punished for not reporting them, which I find quite ironic. On August the 16th, the court case was adjourned to September the 20th to give Adani more time to prepare. Once again, prosecutors for the Estate Environment Department agreed Adani could have more time to consider the documents. Then, to the incredible frustration of the Environmental Defender's Office in Brisbane, on September the 20th, the case against Adani was again adjourned to October 18th with the approval of the Queensland Government. Remember that according to the Environmental Defender's Office in Queensland, if this prosecution is successful, the Queensland Government could rem remove Adani's suitable operator licence and end the development of the new Carmichael coal mine. As it stands, Adani will continue tree clearing and other works. The EDO Queensland CEO and solicitor, Joanne Bragg, appeared outside Brisbane Magistrates Court on September the 20th and said, the supply of the document in question was in March 2018 and it's now September 2019. It's unacceptable that there are so many delays. It's urgent that this prosecution occur and proceed to a conclusion. It would be disastrous if Adani was able to commence digging with this prosecution languishing and not being vigorously pursued by the state government. On a day like today, it shows that the government doesn't prioritise enforcing the law against big mining companies and their risky projects that can have huge and unexpected climate impacts. So what can the Mackay Conservation Group do now about Adani? Yeah, so uh, we're working really closely with other organisations. I mean, like uh, the Stop Adani Alliance is a nationwide alliance. Um, you know, we're here at the forefront, basically, of Adani and the conversation. Um, and we are starting to organise what we call community leaders. So they're going to go into the communities. And we feel that this conversation, the entire Adani issue, is a deeper issue. It's about a just transition for coal workers, which is really important in this region. So we're organising our supporters to go into their communities and just have conversations, like face-to-face -face conversations with people and talk about what a transition looks like to them, what are they worried about. Uh, you know, a lot of people in this region are employed by the coal mining industry, so we want to hear what their thoughts are on how they want to transition and how they can look after their families for the future. That was Emily Barrett, community organiser at the Mackay Conservation Group. Now, if you want to check out how your own investments are exposed to coal, oil and gas, Market Forces is the go-to website. It'll show you if your bank, superannuation funds or insurer is investing your money in coal, oil or gas. The power the people won't stop. Ain't no power like the power of the people because the power of the people won't stop. Ain't no power like the power of the people because the power of the people won't stop. On Tuesday the 27th of August 2019, on Townsville's busy Ingham Road, two dozen people arrived outside the Iplex pipe manufacturing business that had announced it had won a contract to supply Adani with piping. Two women, Joe Bulmer and Wendy Tubman, locked themselves by the neck with D-shaped bike locks to the gates of the pipe manufacturer and along with 25 other climate change campaigners, demanded that Iplex withdraw the tender it has submitted to supply the pipes to Adani. Here's Nicola describing why the people were there. A 
And you know, we want iPlex to join other companies like Oricon and Downer, who have uh, refused to do any further work with Adani. They are realizing the climate that we face, the climate crisis, and they're wanting to improve their practices for the longevity of their business and for the community and work in which they impact. Here's Wendy Tubman, locked by the neck with a bike lock to the gates of Adani's pipe maker, Iplex, in Townsville, preventing trucks from coming and going from the complex. Iplex makes polypipe, and they're the preferred tenderer for Adani's carbuckle mine. Um, As you've probably seen, there are a heap of us here today, Um, very determined, very strong, very cheerful, Um, but uh, here for the essential cause, um, and that is to stop Adani, stop the opening of the Galilee Basin, and try to get a handle on climate change for future generations, not just of humans, but of all species. So um, we're here, and we're going to stop Adani, and we're going to get a handle on climate change and um, make the world better for those to come. So thanks a lot. No power like the power of the people, because the power of the people won't stop. Ain't no power like the power of the people because the power of the people... Okay, my name's Sergeant Wilson. Ain't no power like the power of the people. Townsville Police Station. Okay, you're hereby required to immediately leave this area because we've received a complaint because your actions here and your behaviour here interfere with business and trade. Okay, so in other words, by locking yourself to the gate, you're interfering with business and trade, okay? So in other words, you'll, you'll be required to immediately leave here forthwith Time now is 7.02 a.m. Big business lust for dough. The government conducts the flow. Prostituting our mother, earth getting for dough. Listen here. I'm here to expose the sad facts of open cut coal. They slaughter animals in all the flora and fauna. Emissions cause a change in the climate till it's more of a sauna. Hotter than the flammable water they pour for your daughters and sons without a thought for the poor little tummies of the smog in their lungs. It's a war, and they keep going as long as the dollars will come. They spend millions of propaganda to keep the populace dumb. They say they want to keep the economy strong, but for every one that profits, there's a hundred struggling, wondering what's going on. Awful corporations bought the nation for a donation, causing mortification from ocean waters to the core of the nation. The rapper was Anandan McEwen. Wendy Tubman received a good behaviour bond and 40 hours of community service for her lock-on at Iplex. A few days later, on the 2nd of September, three people again locked themselves to the gates of Iplex Townsville, again stopping work, a public health professional, a school teacher and a farmer from New South Wales. The direct actions disrupting Adani's work are ongoing. Several each week. On September the 4th, a 63-year-old teacher and farmer, Will Douglas, locked himself to an Adani drill rig, disrupting work on the Coal Michael Mine. On September the 6th, Lisa locked herself to the gates of AC Whalen's Mackay Depot. On September the 4th, four people stopped work at Adani's Abbott Point coal terminal by walking into the port and locking themselves to coal-loading infrastructure. On September the 13th, near Townsville, protesters forced work to stop on the state's biggest road upgrade by preventing BMD group workers entering the Horton River project site. The protest action follows Adani awarding the Queensland construction firm a lucrative contract for its rail line. 
And then on September the 18th, 30 citizens shut down Adani's worker camp for four hours. Meanwhile, Australia's Resource Minister, Senator Matt Canavan, has said that any company that won't work with Adani should be blacklisted by other companies. And he has accused climate change protesting students of keeping cheap energy away from the world's poor. Something that I have heard disputed by Indian academics and campaigners. Central Queensland's Senator Bob Qatar chained himself to a shovel in protest about the protests. You're with Earth Matters. I'm Beck Horridge. Next, we hear from Michael Caine about the fate of the endangered black-throated finch, as Adani is bulldozing some of its last natural habitat. Michael challenges the legitimacy of using offsets to counter such habitat destruction. An offset is where habitat is destroyed, but another area of land is bought that is thought fit for particular protected animals in the zone to move to. My name is Michael Kane. I uh, work as a community organiser in central Queensland. Uh, I work on issues like Adani, uh, the Great Barrier Reef, uh, climate change, and uh, occasionally whatever pops up. You were talking to me about the black-throated finch before. Uh, yeah, that's right. Uh, black-throated finch is a, is a very consequential issue up here in central Queensland at the moment. Uh, we've all heard of the Adani mine, and uh, that has received some uh, critical approvals in the last few months. As a consequence of that, there's a species up here called the southern black-throated finch uh, that is now threatened with extinction. Unfortunately, uh, there's less than a 1,000 of these birds left in the wild, and uh, there's two populations of them left. Uh, one is, near, uh, is a population near Townsville, and there's also a population uh, right where they want to build the Carmichael Mine. And uh, unfortunately, uh, we believe that the population where the Carmichael Mine is is the largest. And uh, as Adani are going to clear nearly 20,000 hectares of bushland in the area, uh, much of the remaining prime habitat for the finch is actually right where they want to clear. So... What we have is an endangered uh, species and what we have now is the Adani's management plan for that and uh, it's pretty obvious that Adani's plan is for the uh, finch to fly away uh, to offset land that Adani have purchased um, for the finch to fly to. Unfortunately, uh, the whole concept of offset management is not scientifically proven and basically what they're hoping is that they'll clear the last prime habitat of the finch in the area and they'll fly off to another place though one would think that if there were viable habitat for the finch in other areas nearby they'd already be living there in numbers however they're not so uh, I think the short story is that this is a death sentence for the black-throated finch. Uh, it's definitely a death sentence for those that are dislocated by uh, Adani's clearing. Uh, and in the short to medium uh, term, we're, we're talking about the extinction of a species. How can Adani get away with this fake offset solution for threatened species in a mine? This happened with the Leard State Forest as well. There were offsets made by the Whitehaven coal mine that in no way reflected the habitat of the various bats that were threatened. Look, I personally wonder about the offset system. I don't really understand it. 
I don't know why buying some land in another place that is of similar um, ecological value uh, is a solution to clearing it in the first instance because it doesn't save the species where they're clearing the land in the first instance and uh, there's nothing really to protect the offset that they buy in the long term either. Somebody else could uh, slap down a mining lease on that offset area and then that could be cleared. Uh, in fact, that's quite similar to what's happened up here at the Carmichael Mine is that originally Adani proposed part of uh, the offset it would be where Clive Palmer's China First Mine would be. So, you know, it, it was it's ridiculous to think that the birds would fly off and live where another mine was to be developed only to have that cleared again. So there's no real protections. I, I believe the offset system doesn't work uh, and the best solution is not to clear the land in the first place. Do you think that the offset process could be challenged in court? Look, uh, yeah, possibly everything's challengeable, but this is a system that's being uh, widely used now for many years. I don't think it's proved to, to be valuable. Uh, I think it's worth a challenge in court, uh, but I think basically we need to challenge the government that forms the legislation uh, and, and you know put forward the argument that the offset system doesn't work and that they need to prove that when you're dealing especially with endangered species uh, like the black southern black-throated finch and other species that this system actually works it's um to gamble on an unproven system to protect endangered species is tantamount of gambling on the extinction of that species and it seems to me that you know in a situation where there's less than a thousand birds left in the wild that we'd need to you know be as careful as we possibly could be with uh, dealing with their long-term survival. But there doesn't seem to be any real protection in Australian environmental regulation for anything. You know, sometimes I feel that there, there's nothing really, there's no regulation that protects our, our iconic species, there's no regulation that really protects the reef or any of our iconic and, and important places. It's pretty much, you know, fill the forms in uh, flick and tick. About the black-throated finch online... And there are some trolls there who are saying, oh, well, you can, you can breed them. They're three bucks each. What's the drama? Oh, uh, yeah, I'm sure you can breed them. You can breed any animal. I mean, you can breed the, uh, the panda bear if you try hard enough. But the issue is, is that, you know, we don't really want our wildlife to be in cages uh, or in zoos. We actually want wildlife in the wild. The issue is, you know, and that you could possibly, let's, you know, extrapolate that out, that you could breed 10,000 of these finches in captivity. But where would you release them? The finches used to range from northern New South Wales up past Cairns. So they used to be quite common, but uh, because of predation, you know, habitat loss, a range of factors, they haven't been able to survive in the wild. So just releasing more into the wild without, you know, supplying suitable habitat is just means that those birds will, you know, likely go and die uh, a fairly quick death uh, and we'd be back to square one. So the most important thing to do to protect endangered species is make sure that they've got a place to live. We're hearing from Michael Kane from the Mackay Conservation Group in central Queensland. Back in May, there was an article in the conversation by four professors and a researcher titled Adani's Finch Plan is approved just weeks after being sent back to the drawing board. 
Stephen Garnett, Professor of Conservation and Sustainable Livelihoods at the Charles Darwin University, Brendan Wintle, Professor of Conservation Ecology at the University of Melbourne, the famous David Lindemeyer, Professor of the Fenner School of Environment and Society at the ANU, Don Franklin, a Research Fellow at Charles Darwin University, and Professor John Wynarski, Charles Darwin University, wrote the article and they said about the Finch Management Plan that they had reviewed made biologically improbable assumptions about the finch while ignoring what is known about the finch's precipitous decline so far and that under the plan people with the curious title of fauna spotter catchers were to find finches and move them to suitable habitat adjacent to the disturbance if practical before the habitat is destroyed. And it sounds impractical and will in all likelihood prove to be so, the professor said. If the adjacent habitat already has finches, it is likely to be full and so won't be able to support mining refugees. And if it lacks finches, there is probably a very good reason it's not a good place for the finches to live. The professors went on to say that after nine years, Adani did not even know the population size of the finch, how it moves around the landscape or even what it eats. And this is in contrast to other mine sites in Australia that fund rigorous studies of bird species their operations are impacting. Given the time available, this bird could and should have been among the best studied in Australia. The management plan could then have been based on robust evidence that would show how best to safeguard the finch population. Now the research and monitoring is a hurried add-on with no proof that the threat posed to the finch can actually be solved or an extinction averted. And given the high stakes involved, Australians might reasonably have expected something more rigorous. Michael Kane from the Mackay Conservation Group emphasised that central Queensland doesn't need coal mining. It does have many other viable industries. What the people that are advocating that mines are the only solution to improve the economy in central Queensland uh, forget that there's already a thriving economies up here and that, in fact, coal mining uh, and increasing coal mining actually is threatening those existing economies. So we have 60,000 uh, reef workers that are dependent on the Great Barrier Reef. Uh, we've got fishing industries. Uh, we've got agricultural industries, cattle grazing industries. All of these are affected uh, by mining and the, the resource take that mines take. So not, you know, I just, I don't think we should be just looking at, you know, what the new opportunities are. I think we should be, you know, looking at protecting those economies that are already working in the region uh, that are far more sustainable than coal mining ever will be uh, and looking at protecting and enhancing and making those economies more sustainable and grow, and, and grow at the same time. So saying that coal is the solution to uh, central Queensland's long-term uh, prosperity is frankly it's ridiculous and some of those agricultural industries are looking at cleaning up their act too aren't they yeah look uh, we don't want a Pollyanna uh, vision I mean the agriculture uh, up here uh, grazing um, some of the cane farming practices are doing damage to the environment uh, and there's no doubt about that and work needs to be done but there are opportunities uh, for sustainable agriculture and sustainable all sorts of industries up here 
The problem is that when you choose coal mining over those industries is that the damage that coal mining does is irreparable. Uh, once the damage done is done to the water table, there's no, uh, there's no water left for agriculture. Um, once the damage is done to the climate, that you can't claw back that carbon out of the atmosphere. So uh, in the long term, you know, our future are with those other industries and not with um, just piling more carbon into the atmosphere. So could you list, list the industries for me? Sugar? Oh, well, you know, there's every industry you can think of. You know, there's uh, manufacturing from tur- uh, to tourism to sugar to grazing to all sorts of agriculture to horticulture. Um, the list goes on and on. You know, it's uh, industries that you would find anywhere else in Australia. Uh, there's a lot of opportunities up here. There's a lot of renewable energy opportunities up here. Uh, and, ex- and renewable energy export uh, opportunities. Um, list goes on. For people listening in places like Sydney, Melbourne, a long way away, what should they be doing now to help stop Adani? Uh, anything that they can do. Look, it's really important that uh, pressure is brought to bear on companies uh, like GHD. Uh, and there's an international uh, construction company um, because you know they're off, oh, this company may well be working on projects within their own uh, localities uh, that they do bring um, pressure locally. And that also, they're, they're on to their local members about it. Adani will be one of the biggest coal mines in the world. That's what's been approved, and that is ultimately their plan. If they And also, um, they open up the Galilee Basin around Adani. Uh, that is a climate coal bomb that we will all have to suffer from. So your people in Sydney and Melbourne are not immune from the effects, uh, the environmental effects of going ahead with the Adani. It's really important that they are talking to their local members, parliamentary, federal and state, and making their views uh, really clear uh, that Australia just can't afford to open up a new coal basin in central Queensland. Michael Kane, thank you so much for talking to Earth Matters and thank you also to everybody at the McKay Conservation Group for your efforts over the years. We appreciate it. Well, from everybody from the Mackay Conservation Group, uh, uh, thank you. You have been listening to Earth Matters. This edition was produced on the lands of the Bindale and Walguru Kaba in Townsville and on Yuwabara country in Mackay, central Queensland, for Radio 3CR in Nam, Melbourne, Wurundjeri country, and broadcast nationally on the Community Radio Network. If you'd like to get in touch with the Earth Matters team, you can email us at earthmatters3cr at gmail.com or visit our Facebook page on Earth Matters 3CR Radio. To listen to or share editions of Earth Matters, you can find this and all the Earth Matters podcasts at 3cr.org.au forward slash Earth Matters. Earth Matters thanks the Community Broadcasting Foundation for their generous financial contribution. Look out for more from the Earth Matters team next week. I'm Beck Horridge. Stay strong, keep the fire burning. Stick together, gotta keep the wheels turning. Force the companies to stand aside, force the governments to recognize the power of the people. Stay strong, keep the fire burning. Stick together, gotta keep the wheels turning. Force the companies to stand aside, force the governments to recognize the power of the people. No power like the power of the people, because the power of the people won't stop. 
Ain't no power like the power of the people, because the power of the people won't stop. Ain't no power like the power of the people, because the power of the people won't stop. Ain't no power like the power of the people, because the power of the people won't stop. You! Woo!